This episode of the Scandal Podcast is brought to you by Scandal Podcast After Dark. Each week during the scandal season, after our regular show is over, we give you amazing highlights and conversations in the After Dark. If our show is rated PG, then the After Dark is definitely rated R. We laugh, we chat, and we give you exclusive access to us in this community. You'll also have bonuses in the After Dark that you will not see anywhere else so go to dramaqueenbooks.com backslash support to join us welcome to the scandal podcast join jaha knight katrina pavela eldia harris and langston smith as they break down the latest episode of scandal with a whole lot of heart a whole lot of humor and a few well-seasoned words sprinkled in between let's go Welcome to the Scandal Fan Podcast. I am Jaha Knight, one of your four hosts. And today I wanted to share this with you all. Look, we had uh, some challenges on the last episode, so you're not actually going to get the full episode, unfortunately, uh, for the After Dark people. It is in the After Dark, but because, you know, you can also see us in the after dark. It's a little more, it's a little different than just listening to the audio. So we had to actually end our show early and jump off and go into the after dark because those are two different platforms that we use to record the show. So we had to do that early just because of the issues with the audio that we were having, unfortunately. So you won't receive an entirely full episode of Scandal Podcast, but we did have a great time in the after dark and I may actually snip a few pieces of that in here so that we can fill out the episode. So it won't go in sequence like we usually do when we talk about the episodes and the scenes and all that good stuff. On the other side of things, guess what is going on y'all? Oh my gosh. So um, my workshop is a thing. It's happening. I'm so excited. Um, So the workshop is going well. Tripleyattraction.com is um, amazing. We're going to have women all over from all over the uh, Atlanta area there and showing up and working on the marketing in their business and plugging all those leaky holes. And uh, I'm just giddy. But also I have started recording my poetry. I couldn't even believe it. I was like, what should I do with these poems that I have written? Y'all know I'm just super creative, right? So <laughs> I have these poems that I've been writing for like the last two years and like the books that I was writing, the the fiction books that I was writing, they actually derived from the spoken word poetry that I had written in like each episode of the book was um, one of the poems um, or two of the poems put together and the plot was based on the poetry that I would put together for the book. So I'm writing again. So that definitely means that uh, some words are going to be coming out of this camp here soon, which is going to be so phenomenal because I have missed writing. (laughs) I have Brooklyn has continued to write. She's uh, about to come out with some pieces, which is my writing partner. But I haven't been writing because I've been working on like business stuff. Y'all know I even took a brief hiatus from the Scandal podcast. So, you know, it was real, right? (laughs) So I'm looking forward to getting back into the saddle again and just writing fiction and working through things. I've written out a lot of plots. So Brooklyn is writing 
a lot of the books that I wanted to write, she's doing for us as a team. Thank God, you know, I have a writing partner because if I didn't, this would be chaos. <laughs> but I write the plots. She actually writes the story. So it works out pretty well. And I'm looking forward to expanding that um, that that space uh, here soon. So once this year is up, we should have a lot. Well, not even this year because we'll be releasing some stuff this year. But um, once this year is over, though, um, 2017, then I'll be doing more writing, too. And it's going to be awesome. So, yeah, the two of us together can definitely double team that thing <laughs> to get more books out and into the space. And if you all don't know, because you are just now listening to the podcast and this may be your first time or whatnot, I am... Um, a renaissance woman. No, I actually am. But but I write uh, fiction and nonfiction. I teach entrepreneurship and um, how to market your business. I do a lot of consulting with that. So those are some of the things that I do. But I think everybody is, you know, multifaceted in some ways. Um, writing a book is no different from having no different from being in business in general. But I think a book gives you tons more opportunity because one book is like five different revenue streams if not more. It's just amazing what you can do with one property, one piece of intellectual property. Uh, don't get me started. Y'all know, y'all know I love business. So anyway, um, on the show today, we talk a lot about what happened on the belt. Oh my goodness. Was that not a fun... Ugh. That was a fantastic episode. I didn't expect a lot of the things. You know what? My, oh my God, that is so disgusting moment. You know what that moment was when that dude spit in Cyrus's face? I would have lost it. That is the most gross thing ever. Okay. That is the grossest thing ever. If you ever want me to beat you down in the middle of the street, like I don't know you, spit in my face. Cause this just, it's going to have to happen. Like I, I, I wouldn't even be, God, look, God is going to have to come down from on high to make sure I don't whoop your behind. I just can't. I can't do it. Don't spit in my face. That is the nastiest thing ever. Oh, my gosh. And it, it a little bit got in his mouth. Y'all saw that? Oh, God. <laughs> it just makes me want to throw up. It's so nasty. And then here Fitz goes with this chocolate uh, woman in his bed. And no, you know, I'm not gonna, ugh, I don't know what's going on with Fitz, y'all. I just, I would rather that he not. That's just all I'm saying. It's not that I'm team Olitz and all this stuff. And that's why I'm saying it. It's more so because, and don't get me wrong. I do love Olivia and Fitz together, but it's more so because what? Like, how is this even, <sighs> I don't even know how this is ethical. Like if this was a real, well, look, I, I can't even say that because our real world is turned upside down. We really, so we can't really say if this was the real world, because you're just like looking around like, what the heck is this that I'm dealing with? But in any case, uh, Fitz, I'm I'm kind of, kind of disappointed that, you know, he's being so easy. Like, <laughs> At this point, I think Fitz is being easy. Like, come on, make her work for it, Fitz. You didn't even make her work for it. Last episode, y'all were standing on the balcony. This episode, you in bed, sir, have some, have some, um, what do you call it? Uh, chase me 
ethics going on. Like, let the woman, let her chase you for a little bit. Don't be so easily caught. And I'm quite sure Olivia didn't expect that that would go that far. But clearly fits like him some brown sugar thighs. And I think that's, look, I don't care what y'all say. I know what Katrina said, but I think fits like some brown sugar thighs. I think that's what it is. I'm not even going to lie. But in any case... <laughs> And nothing's wrong with that. Go ahead, Fitzy. But I want him to be a little more, you know, he's just giving everybody the goods. Nobody has any type of like, they look at him too hard. He's like, yes, I'll give it to you. Like, come on, Fitz. Like, come on. So in any case, that's how I felt about this episode. Um, not totally because I express more, a lot more on the episode itself. But you'll have to listen to find out. We are excited to be here with you. I'm here with Eldia, Langston, and Katrina, who is now off screen. She's mm -hmm. off camera. It's my time. <laughs> She's, She's like giving God. me my time to shine. <laughs> <laughs> I am. She's the, She's the disembodied voice this time. She is. So we are here. But such a lovely voice. We are going to be talking about The Belt, because that is the show today. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited because... This was really, 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 really good. Oh, I really enjoyed it. Hey, <laughs> Loretta. Hey, Cassandra. And I don't think we're going to argue this week, y'all. This is good. Really? Can I, just, look, look. can I just say one thing, though, about this week's episode that just told I was like, I was upset because apparently my DVR decided to cut off both the beginning and the end of the show. Aww. So... I was completely, you know, I came in at the point, you know, that Huck and Meg were having their little thing with the uh, alarm system, <laughs> and then it cut, then it cut off oh, right at Cyrus's ring. And I was, so I was confused as to what was going on. But mm -hmm. now that I've seen the full episode, I really, I'm really happy about it because I was like, I was like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> <laughs> I missed some critical things in here. So tell me y'all's opinion yeah. of this episode. And if you are wanting to join us for the After Dark, you can go to dramacleanbooks.com backslash support to join us in the After Dark. Miranda, don't start with me Ooh. in the comments. I um I really enjoy the episode. I think that you know the first I would say the first two thirds of it were kind of slower. It felt like a very special Oz episode of Scandal for the most part, and, and <laughs> like I love that part of it, you know, with Cyrus in jail. Um, but then it like it you know and Scandal style picks up at the end and shit just starts moving and you're like, oh, sucky, sucky, now what's going on? It's happening, it's happening. That was good. Eldia? This is true. I will say I thought it was one of the best episodes that they've had in like a really, really long time. And I mean, who would have thought that Scandal would return to great form this late in the game? It's season five. We all Thanks. can agree the last two seasons. The, just agree or no, disagree. Some saying, people said it got off course. Some people said the show got off course. And I think you referenced it last week, Katrina, with Carrie's pregnancy the first time around. They didn't handle it very well. And this time they're handling it way better. And I think the shorter episodes episode numbers fit this type of show. This is not a show that's meant to be 22, 24 episodes. And I think Please. Shonda and the writers learned that when they did it the last two seasons, because they had to sh stretch stuff out versus just like you said, put it in an episode, knock us in the face and then go on to the next one. 
So I enjoyed it and I enjoyed it because I've, I've been saying for years, Cyrus has got to pay for what Cyrus has done. So I enjoy seeing Cyrus get his comeuppance in every sense of the word. Langston. For me, definitely the opening sequence was everything that Tom wished for him. Yes. It was like, it was so, yes. so humiliating. It was just, you know, just the, you know, not, you know, the cavity, you know, just everything. Just having him look, having him stretch his mouth open, having him bend over and spread those cheeks was just like. The indignity. Just man. every, it was indignant. Yeah, it was just so just took away his dignity and it was everything that I think Tom felt that he had done to him, you know, cause he, he referenced that in the fact that he treated him like a dog on a leash mm -hmm. and that's exactly. And, and just the fact that he had to go into a bin, a little bin to walk in circles just to get exercise. It was like everything that you would do to an general animal. overall. Mm -hmm. And it was including it was the cage. Overall. The word I was looking for, the, yeah, the cage, the, the word I was looking for was humiliation. Mm. And so it's just, and just overall, even, even all the way up to, uh, no details. The, all the way up to the final piece. It was just, it was just a very worthwhile episode. Phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal. I love it. So we are going to say yes. hello to the gladiators that are in the chat room here. Welcome, Cassandra, Moretta, Charity, Eliza, Stephanie. Oh, hey, Stephanie, new name. <laughs> um, who else? Guilty, please. Kamara, Moretta, Annette, um, and Moretta. Look, if what you're saying, Moretta told me, don't take her joy away today because church was good. She's talking about so look, if this means that you don't want me, uh, I got beans green. If you don't want me to talk about fits, you are sorely mistaken. I'm gonna do it. So, <laughs> okay. So hold on to your to your to your side um, side, Loretta. I'm, I'm about to talk about fits and CT. But anyway, so my Ooh. question for you all. Oh, it's coffee light and sweet. Oh. Oh, <laughs> uh, sorry. Her hey, sorry. hey, lady, we are so glad to see you here. <laughs> so in the opening sequence, it seemed like Cyrus was in shock until they told him to bend down and spread him. He even seemed to want to say something to David when they first arrived at the prison. There's a significance to this title sequence that we haven't seen before. When Tom was arrested for Little Jerry, when Papa Pope was arrested for the faux charges that they set him up on, we didn't go through this much detail. But with Cyrus, we did. So he was like, um, tell me your name, Cyrus Rutherford Bean. He was asked his name and Shonda kind of took us through the process of him being processed into the prison system. Did that generate any sympathy for Cyrus on your part well i have to say i have to be for yeah. cyrus i'm not like you people who are like <laughs> fuck cyrus he needs to come up and <laughs> i am on cyrus's side yeah. <laughs> tell us why katrina because yeah. i think i think i'm sympathetic the the thing with me and cyrus is that Cyrus is an absolute bastard. 
and he has absolutely done dark things for the sake of, you know, keeping Fitz in power and for power and all of this stuff. But everything Cyrus does has been for the good of the Republic. And yes, he has served himself in selfish ways. And yes, he has been um, really shitty. But I'm wondering how many other characters can we not say the same thing about? So, and the thing with Cyrus is he'll be the first person to tell you he is a bastard and that he is a monster. Like he says to Olivia, I am a monster, but I am your monster. And it's something he repeats to her that he told her in 301 um, when she was on the plane. And she called him to get reassurance that basically it wasn't him that ratted her out and all this stuff. And, you know, we saw last week him say to uh, Francisco and Francisco told him that, you know, you should be the one on the ticket, the VP. And he said, I'm not a good person. And Francisco said, that's exactly what I need. I need you to balance me. And I think the last thing is that based on the conversation from last week, the flashback we saw with him and Liv, like Cyrus has found something else and that's meaningful. He's been trying to change. And everybody else is not everybody else but some of the people are trying to play a a different game and can't see that he's a different person he's completely being judged on Mm -hmm. his past and no one wants to you know believe in him and i don't know i'm trying to think that he hasn't you know he came close with you know almost having live be killed in in 412 because she was a danger to the republic when she got kidnapped but he didn't um um, so i don't know if i've seen him rejected in this way and i've just you know i just i miss their friendship their relationship is in tatters but let me stop talking because i'm actually writing about that and it's gonna go up hopefully tonight should we clap though because he didn't murder live i mean then we would no 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 no. i don't mean that i don't I don't mean for him to, I don't mean to clap. This is what I'm saying. It's part of like his whole thing. And I was pissed the hell off at him for a long time because of that. I was mad duh, duh, duh. Yeah, that he even considered it. Big mad. <laughs> <laughs> so um, super we have some good. conversation in here. Uh, Stephanie says, speak on it. Professor Katrina has the mic, y'all. Uh, Guilty Police says, is there a prison called... Wait, wait, y'all moving too fast. Good Lord. <laughs> oh, I don't know what that means. Guilty please. Um, oh, is there a prison called Hamilton in Maryland? Um, yeah. Charity asked, am I am on Cyrus's side? He owns his evilness and he is not a hypocrite. Uh, Kamara says, I miss living Cyrus's relationship too. Cassandra says, no sympathy for Cyrus. Not until for all we know by Donnie Hathaway started playing. <laughs> then I was in tears. Damn, Sandra. <laughs> Annette says they messed you up with that one, right? And and yes, there is. It's Hamilton, Hamilton Laurelville. Yes, there is a Hamilton. Wow, wouldn't it be beyond crazy if this was payback from Fitz and Liv for Cyrus blackmailing Fitz for knowing about how Fitz started the war for Liv? That's what Stephanie says. Cassandra says Cyrus doesn't own anything until he's caught. So, and that's true because he will deny, deny, deny. And then when he has no choice, he'll be like, okay, okay. He does that a lot. He has done that a lot. Yeah, he has done a lot, but I don't know no. if it, that's true in every case that he'll deny. My answer to that question, Stephanie, is no. Let's see if that works. 
Yay! Okay. Is that better? No. Why does technology hate me? Okay. Um, well, we'll just keep going. It'll be fine. Um, yeah. Nelly is doing some version of the Elaine dance from Seinfeld in Olivia's <laughs> office. Honestly. <laughs> Yeah, if I were this, I would have divorced her because just the spasmic jerking that she called dancing was shameful. <laughs> so <laughs> Olivia is looking ahead, though. She goes into the room with, with Charla Quinn and um, she tells him to stop, you know, being peeping toms. And then we go to the scene where Hawk, Hulk, Huck, Huck, I tried to merge Huck and Stalker. Huck is being a stalker <laughs> watching Meg. <laughs> How far do you think that that relationship between Huck and Meg will go? Uh, I'm concerned about that relationship. I just want to say it was nice to Me too. Okay, go. <laughs> I was I'm like, concerned. it was so nice to see Huck get some love finally. Like, he's been lonely and rejected and by himself. Uh, so it was nice, but it's, it's always not weird when it's Huck, but it's like there's this part of you that's like, oh, Huck. And then the other part is you, like like you say, Lacey, you're like, damn, what is he going to do to her? Like, like you I'm know not it's not going to end well. Or her. So, but then I, for either. But then I think the question becomes is what happens when Quinn finds out about this? Because you know Quinn's going to find out. And then it's like, what does Quinn do? Does it become a problem for her? And in what capacity does it, is that where the conflict is going to come for her and Charlie, is it is it going to come full circle and maybe bring it back to to, to the Huck and Quinn relationship? Because I think that's where this is going. Um, I, I think it's going to cause some trouble. So Charlie, sorry, I don't think you're getting married, buddy. Yeah, I don't see that happening. Yeah, I don't. See that <laughs> I, 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 I. My concern is that, and I and I know Shonda doesn't do a whole lot of repeats of of stuff, but I, my concern is that she's going to turn out to be the assassin, and that's going to be a problem for me. Because if we're re, if we're doing if we're giving <laughs> oh, Huck another like assassin, yeah, like Becky, if we're giving like Huck another assassin girlfriend, yeah, then I'm going to be I'm going to be I'm going to be big mad because it's like no, we can't do this to Huck again. But because unless, she, unless, well, unless we we're trying to leave Olivia again right. with that Russell Franklin dude, yeah, you know, Russell the B613 Franklin. prostitute. Um, yeah, dead Russell Franklin. What were you saying, but, Lacey? Um, yeah, I'm hoping Sorry. we're not. I'm hoping we're not going back down that path because number one, unless she's trying to put Huck on a path to become a killer again, I don't think that's wise. No, I don't mm. think so. Um, Either, but I do. But she's just a that girl. Yeah, she's a little too sweet, a little too innocent. Mm-hmm. Y'all think so? Yeah, she's a little too like sweet and that's... innocent for me. But you know, I think it kind of plays into Huck's um, issue of saving people. Um, even though, like he he's a protector, right? Yeah. So it kind of mm-hmm. plays to his 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 uh, you know savior complex in a way, and. I think that they, if, if that's the case, and remember, we have to remember to look at what Huck did to Papa Pope with around Christmas time and holding him. And I guess, well, Christmas time on Scandal. 
and holding him in that, <laughs> that space that Olivia told him, or I don't know exactly if Olivia told him not to, um, to or not, but holding him in that space for that length of time. And Papa Pope knowing Huck's kind of psychology, because he really was digging into Huck's issues as he was talking. So if this is a way, like my thing is this, if Papa Pope is trying to, if this is a Papa Pope plan or plot, and he's trying to do something in a way, because remember, she, um, Olivia took Jake away and she had Huck hold him. And there are consequences to the actions that she has. So if you're looking at it from that perspective, at least for me, where um, he's trying to dismantle OPA from the inside out, this would be a perfect way to do that because there's nothing that's going to um, take Olivia off course more than her her independence being taken away from her. So if she doesn't have OPA to constantly run back to and her candidate is in office, but you don't see what I'm saying? Does this well, sense? yeah, you're making the way easier for her to give up OPA to focus on the yeah. White House by dismantling mm-hmm. it by having right. people leave, yeah. which would explain why Charlie is there. And then trying to like get Huck to love someone too, um, and yes. fly them away in that way. Yes, of course, that makes and sense. I, and I think it's always been established that when OPA is distracted, it makes Olivia vulnerable in a way. You know what I mean? Like when Charlie and Quinn and all of them are distracted by outside things, people, like you said, it makes her vulnerable at OPA. So something could be going on there. Okay. Now, my next question is this, and this is, why does Marcus's upper lip <laughs> look like it's a censored vagina? Is this your way of saying that you want this press, uh, press secretary to get shot at? Is that what you're saying, John? You're saying you want I'm that to saying, come back? I'm saying, can the brother like, wipe some Vaseline across the top of his lip <laughs> come to the podium? Can he lick his upper, upper lip before he get on the That thing is dry. I've never seen a lip look like that. It's, I would even fight for not, him to have a mustache in the position. He needs it. It looks ashy because it's lighter than the rest of his skin. And sadly, he should have spent some time in the sun after he shaved it. Let that melanin pop, pop, pop. That's all I'm saying. Get in the sun. Let it touch your face. Or hell, or even a makeup artist could have fixed that. It looks so bad. (laughs) It it looks weird. It does. It does. He's at the podium talking, and I was so distracted by the tape mouth that he has going on. I didn't realize that he was answering questions about Cyrus. So when Abby then goes into David's office, because it was kind of a seamless, quick transition, and tries to take the death penalty off the table, Worf tells her that it's not the job of the chief of staff to step into that arena. Stop it. <laughs> oh. What did you call her? Worf. Worf. I just want to say, oh. Abby should go out to lunch with Melly and ask Melly how well it works out when a woman uses Fitz's name without his permission. Oh, yeah. that's all I'm gonna say. You are, <laughs> you know, he should ask Olivia too. Ornamental. The white yes. using, using presidential power. All the women in his yeah. life like, take some that's, of that power. That would be his response. Okay, yeah. I can't. But, I know what can we? T- but can we talk about Angela for a minute? 
Let's First of all, I have a problem. It. I have a problem with Angela. Yeah. And this and this declaration that this is the evidence point to a conviction. What evidence do you have? So what I was saying is uh, that the evidence that Angela has is completely circumstantial. She has the tape with Cyrus and Frankie arguing over, and uh, and ultimately it it never really says, it never really shows what they're arguing, at least the snippet that we've seen. We don't know what they're actually arguing about. Then the other thing that she has is Tom's confession, which we now know, you know, is bullshit. Um, and then we have, um, the phone call from Jennifer, from Jennifer Fields, which again, we don't know if she's in on it. And if that was just, you know, because even though they show us a snippet of her actually being at the campaign rally, what if she wasn't there at all? What if she was calling from offsite, which would explain how her, how she ended up in the woods. But again, these, you know, there's nothing that absolutely ties this saying that, Cyrus did this. You don't have one piece of physical evidence that says that Cyrus did it. So to say, for her to actually say the evidence points to a conviction, I'm like, what do you know that we have not seen is my question. And how are you so quick to, to move forward on a conviction when you haven't even actually done an investigation? And then based on what we know to have been revealed later in the, in the, um, in the uh, episode, OPA is better than you as the director of the FBI. This is my whole so. thing. I'm just like the levels of incompetence I feel here. Maybe Liv's little ding in 602 was right about, you know, oh, you sent a couple of scrubs like down there to the the site. Because I'm like, so far, all you've done is like really take the easy option. You wanted McClintock to be the one at first. Um, you guys had him in custody. And then when the Cyrus thing came up, remember, she was shutting down the investigation before all of the evidence was back at FBI headquarters. Like Quinn and Huck were still able to go out there at the site and they were still collecting evidence. So they hadn't examined all the evidence to see what there was. And she said that it was, you know, conclusive. So I, I just feel like, where are you coming from with this, Angela? I mean, I think yeah, someone like this, brought I mean, it up just... uh, the night of the show. Like, she could possibly be working for Papa Pope. He always has someone on the inside doing his dirty work, so to speak. So I wouldn't put it past that she is also a plant in some capacity. Oh, I was just saying, the other thing that I have to say about Angela is uh, she still hasn't figured out that Olivia, Olivia and her people were able to steal some evidence from her. It's like, so it's like, what's going on? <laughs> all right. So I'm going to read what you all have shared in the comments. Kamara says, maybe appointed FBI director. We don't really know who Angela is. That's true. I have thought about that. Um, I don't want, I want Fitz to have someone who truly cares for him, but she ain't live. And who is Angela really? Y'all, y'all holding on to that. Stephanie says there's something a bit too mysterious about Angela. Liv doesn't like Angela for a very good reason that will be revealed to us soon. Guilty please agrees with her. Uh, Angela has the goal is what Annette says. Y'all, boy, y'all just don't like Angela, do y'all? I think y'all don't like her because she didn't fit his pants. Eliza oh, says, why the writer? You ain't muted. Uh, mute yourself. <laughs> um, Eliza says, 
why the writers have to go so fast with this Angela story, sweeping with Fitz, they can show us another face of his relationship before that. Angela is Fitz's licorice. What? Licorice at the White House now. Oh, Lord. <laughs> and then Stephanie says, right, Eldia, Angela could be a Papa Pope plant. Yep, that could work. Um, and she also agrees there's an echo. Moretta says, yes, Langston. And then Annette, why am I hearing myself? Annette says, um, maybe Abby and Liv will team up to get rid of Angela. Uh, Primera says, uh, but see, this is really bad for Fitz because he didn't know his marriage wasn't real for years and he was hurt. Now he thinks he found somebody and she may not be real. Annette says, I'm not mad at Fitz. He's getting some, but something's not right with Angela. Kamara says, don't get me wrong. Angela and Fitz look beautiful together. And if she were real uh, with it, all the better, but something is off. So that might lead me into this next question because uh, I'll just skip a little bit ahead to this Fitz. And um, I don't know if I asked y'all last week or not, but isn't there some kind of ethics conflict with the POTUS and the FBI director sleeping together. And why does it seem like Fitz is only taking seriously black women? Because y'all saw the parade of women go through his his bed and he did not have any black women come through except for Angela. And did you see Angela manipulate Fitz in bed when she dropped those details about Abby taking the death penalty case, um, taking the death penalty off the table for Cyrus? That's my question. <laughs> did see that smooth manipulation. It was smooth as hell, too. And she was being all supportive. I want to say that I don't know that we know Fitz only takes Black women, like, seriously. I don't know about that. He was dating, um, what's her face, like, casually, um, Thirst Basket Lillian. And he had a parade of white women. We don't know who else he had. We didn't see all of them, but I think what we need to remember is that Angela approached him like she like she chose him and she wanted to go out with him. She asked him out um, based on the details that we know from 602. And I don't see why Fitz wouldn't give it a shot, you know, with a beautiful woman. So I like unless she turns out to be dirty, I really don't find it to be a big deal. His relationship with Angela nor the way it's portrayed. No. And the thing is that this is like a meantime thing. Like it's not going anywhere and plenty of people date and they go out with people and they enjoy themselves, but it, you know, like it doesn't have that depth or anything and it's not supposed to, you know what I mean? It's why I don't call them folets because they're not supposed to be a foe anything. They're not a replacement. They're not a, a, a bomb or a salve and they're not an imitation. That's not what it is. So with me, I'm just like, it is what it is. Like with Fitz and Angela and I'm not mad. Oh, Angets. Angets or Fangela? Angelets. <laughs> is um, about this relationship is Fitz dressing Abby down in her cowering in the face of power. But she doesn't, she realizes it actually in that moment that she thought she had the oval, but now Angela does. And even if, as Fitz says, the chief of staff doesn't make these decisions, the president does, don't we all know that because he was manipulated into this stance by Angela, that now the FBI director kind of 
is going to be calling some of these shots. And I, I don't, I agree with you to some extent, Katrina, but I haven't seen him get serious to any other woman except the black woman. I think the look on Abby's face was like the no, one of the best the looks sex. because she, okay, she shot a look to like Angela, not to Fitz, but like to Angela. It was like, what the fuck do you two have that I don't? It was like she couldn't, because like you say, Jaha, she completely thought that she was she was like i she walked in this is the second time we've seen her do it this season too this isn't the first time where she walked in and she was like i am in charge this is what's happening and i don't give a give a rat's ass what any of you say and so when he dressed her down it was it was like i think abby has you've seen her be fight be, be the one fighting for cyrus this season and it's like now she's seeing what cyrus was trying to tell her you know what I mean? Like, you're always going to be in battle with someone when it comes to the president. And it's just, that's why he always says, I have to slay the dragons. And it's like, now Abby's seeing that. So she feels like she has to be the one to slay all the dragons. But the problem is Fitz doesn't want her doing that, <laughs> you know, and she can't figure out why, because she's like, this is how, this is what Cyrus taught her to do. So she's just doing what she thinks that she's supposed to be doing, but he won't let her do it. So I saw something completely different. I did not see her cowering in the face of him dressing her down. I saw her wanting to explain herself, but he shut her down. And what that look was, was not a look to David and Angela, but a look directly to Angela because Fitz repeated exactly what Angela said to him in bed and exactly what she had already said to Abby in, in the office was, you don't make these decisions. The president makes the decisions. Those are the exact words that Angela said to her in David's office. And when she heard Fitz repeat them, that's why she looked at Angela like, oh, you dirty bitch. That's what that look was. Because she, yeah, because now she knows. That's why she said, oh, yes, I understand. She understands what's happening. She understands what Angela, she understands what Angela is doing. And I, I can see some fierceness happening between them two coming up in some episodes. I'm to say boom several times because exactly what Langston said is what I thought. I didn't think Abby was cowering. I think she felt like fits all that we've been through why didn't I get the courtesy of like you talking to me, you know, um, sort of alone uh, about this rather than in front of everyone. And I understand why Fitz did it that way based on what he knows, because you have to think about how many people and especially women have kind of gone behind his back to undermine him in different ways. And he's been through this with his chief of staffs before and also with Olivia, and also with Melly. So he's at that point where he's like, I am tired. I am the fucking president. And like, I make these decisions because when y'all fuck up, I am the one that has to account for it. So, but on Abby's point of view, I also get why she was mad because it's like, bruh, you could have talked to me about this instead of in front of everybody. And then as Langston said, word for word, Fitz repeated basically what Angela said to Abby in that meeting with um, David earlier in the episode. So Abby knew where the directive was coming from and that Fitz was, you know, sort of manipulated into it. So she looked at Angela like, 
oh, so I got a new bitch to contend with, like, over here again, like, with my, with my job, um, so that, that's, that's how I felt about it, and I'm like, oh, I gotta watch you, Angela, because everybody is, like, just get, succumbs to the power of, like, being, you know, bunned up with the most, you know, powerful man in the world. Cyrus gets his first glimpse of Tom and he tries to get his attention. And the guard spit in his face. Well, I tell you, I had a visceral reaction to that. It was so disgusting. What do you feel is the cause of him feeling like it's okay for him to do something like that to another person? Yeah, it was there was something else going on there because it was like a little creamy. I was like, ew. Um, but the one thing that I have to say about that guard is I think maybe he 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 looked like he could have been Latino, and I think that was part of that too. Because just like he told him, you know, hey, Jen pops out that way, and he said, I could put you, he said, either you could do this or I could put you out there. Which do you want? After telling them that there are plenty other uh Frankie Vargas fans out there. And I'm pretty sure that he was also a Frankie Vargas fan, which is number one, how how what happened to Cyrus happened, you know, because he figured it out. Cyrus told him to find his oval and he found it. We are going into the after dark. For those of you that are going to be joining us in the after dark, the way to get to the Wizard of Hey y'all, it's KP here, and I have something exciting to tell you guys about. I have a new line called Born Beautiful Naturals. I've been working on it for two years. Your girl has mad skin and hair problems, and I started working on solutions myself in my kitchen to come up with. So to cure my eczema, my acne problems, my dry, tangled, natural hair, I started working on my own stuff. I wanted results, not promises. Um, So for two years, I experimented and tested formulas on myself, family, and friends, and soon a few of them began to request specific items. So I started making them. And I thought, you know what? Why don't I share this with everyone else? The ethos of Born Beautiful Naturals is all about maintaining hair and skin's optimal moisture balance in products that feel more luxurious than they actually cost. We use as few ingredients as possible to keep things simple, and we don't rely on label appeal of trendy products that aren't really going to do anything for you. My whole thing is I want my products to work, 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 work. Miss Sandy Muffy, work, 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 work. And they do. Why don't you try for yourself? That's bornbeautifulnaturals.weebly.com. And as a special offer for all the Scandal Podcast listeners, you can enter Scandal Podcast 17 for your 15% off any purchase um, from now until the end of February. So that's Born Beautiful Naturals with an S dot Weebly dot com and enter Scandal Podcast 17 for 15% off. 
So I hope you all take Katrina up on her offer for Born Beautifuls. When we started working together to get the logo done for her labels, it was a beautiful collaboration and this offer expires at the end of February. So I want to make sure that I reiterate it for you all. But also I wanted to come back on and talk with you a little bit about some of the things we didn't get to address on the episode, such as <laughs> the fact that... um in this episode, it was a really, really good one. Um, unfortunately, due to our you know, circumstances beyond our control, we couldn't really fully explore all of the details on the live show, but we did a lot more in the after dark. So I will share with you all here the fact that, you know, when Michael came and talked to Cyrus about getting a divorce and saying that he was filing and he was going to take baby Ella, who he's basically the sole parent of because Cyrus sure as heck don't do anything with her. Uh, when you sit down and you're trying to learn how to corn row and do braid outs on your child's hair okay it's a serious situation <laughs> and Michael even tried to get Cyrus to like test and try it and it's it's very interesting I remember um and you all probably also do too when Tom actually not Tom when Michael actually left Cyrus and took baby Ella and then Tom went around and you know found out where he was and all that stuff and was willing to kill him so that, you know, uh, Cyrus could have baby Ella, but Cyrus told him not to large, largely a large part of that was the fact that Cyrus does not do anything with the baby Ella. He didn't really even initially want a baby. That's his play. Baby Ella is the placation that he was trying to give to James when they were married so that James wouldn't pry too deeply into what he was doing. And, you know, he would be a little more satisfied at home. And he was just trying to chess master James. And that's why baby Ella exists in this world. So the fact that he was like, you know, I'm taking the baby and I'm out, dude. And the thing that was so kind of touching to me there was Cyrus actually saying to Michael, you said you would never leave me. Now, I don't know what kind of selfish ass stuff that is because I almost cursed again, but I'm trying to stop y'all. Jeez, this show brings it out of me. But um, I don't know what kind of selfish mess that is. The fact that you've been cheating on this man repeatedly. This man has come into your life. He uh, he was vulnerable with you, vulnerable enough to share with you that he was scared in his own life and that his family had rejected him. He had had like really hard times and you said that you would be there for him and then come to turn out just to satisfy your own carnal pleasures or just to even be disrespectful because I don't even think Cyrus really considered this marriage to Michael like a real marriage like he did with James because of course James was the love of his life. But at the same token, you now have a man that's in your life that's willing to take care of your kid, willing to put up with your mess and still stand by your side this man actually went out after finding out that you had cheated on him a second time a second time after you said that you would not and not literally a second time but a second time after you had promised that you would stay away from Tom 
but because you wanted to manipulate and put, you know, your own desires above all because you were paranoid about fits, regardless if it was post-traumatic stress syndrome or not, paranoid about what was going on with Fitz and not Fitz, um, Frankie and that girl, you brought Tom back in the loop. And now my team, they'll, they'll say, you know, oh, well, Jaha, you know, that wasn't Cyrus's fault. You know, the fact that, you know, Vargas got shot or whatnot, which we now know that, uh, Tom didn't shoot Vargas, but at the same token, if he had, if he had, it would not have been surprising to me because of Cyrus's manipulations. Okay. So I think one of the reasons Tom probably didn't, if he didn't shoot Vargas, cause who knows, we may come back two episodes from now. He actually did it. And his doppelganger was the one getting fries at the drive through. So who knows? But at the end of the day, um, the fact that you selfishly sat there after writing this letter, let me tell you something, Lizzie Bear, Elizabeth North is nobody's friend. He knew this. Cyrus knew that Elizabeth North was nobody's friend, especially not his friend. But you mean to tell me you're going to give this this chick a letter that's longer than the one that Aaliyah wrote in 1996. You're going to give her this and tell her to give it to get it to Tom. What are you talking about? And now when you sit across from Michael, you you see that he has this thick sheaf of paper that apparently you poured out all your feelings and emotions on and shared it with somebody who is not your husband, not your husband. You spreading cheeks for other people. You ain't got no call spreading cheeks for. And now you writing him a 30 page opus about your love. Okay, so I don't blame Michael for going and saying, you know, I'm going to get a divorce because even after he found out again for the second time that you had been a whore that and you and this is so ironic because look, um, Cyrus used to call. He was like, I'm marrying a whore. Hello, pot call the kettle black much. Okay, so now here you got a turn of tables and you are now in the, you have no moral turpitude. You really don't. And so the fact that you said to him, you said you'd never leave me, sir, what? All of the shenanigans get up out my face. You lucky. I'm, I don't get you first before they jump you outside. <laughs> I'm not really that violent y'all. Cause I have mentioned a couple of times in this episode that I would beat somebody down. Just look, the anger is real when it comes to people being crazy. How dare you like put yourself in Michael's position and you're the one being cheated on. How dare you, sir? You're lucky I don't come over to that side of the, they say no touching. I'll take this whole yellow sheaf of paper and smack you across the face. Like you're just, you need some, somebody to push you back into reality. Do you see where you are? Because you wanted to drop trial and mess with another man. Do you see where you are? None of this had to even happen, but because of a man scorned, Hello, this is why you are in this position and our daughter had to watch you be handcuffed. Well, no, not watch because Ella was like, I'm too good for this. Like she, she literally covered her eyes and was like, I'm too good for this. I don't have the time. I'm going upstairs to eat some snacks and take a smooth nap after this. I don't even know who that other man is. Is he a visitor in our house, Michael? Because <laughs> like, clearly she doesn't have tons of interaction with him. Now, on the other hand, when he went down and had that boss ass moment, y'all look, Cyrus was like, yeah, give me the belt. This is after he had been gang beaten outside because old boy found his oval and pretty much let him get jumped. Now he's um, having this hallucination 
because they beat him so much. They beat him so bad that the dude had a hallucination because that's what that was. That he was actually being sworn in. Baby Ella was sitting comfortably in Michael's arms as she should be because that's her real daddy, regardless of whose names names are on the adoption papers. Now baby Ella is sitting there high in the sky because Michael is super tall and very handsome. I'm sitting there like you chose to deal with Tom over your handsome husband who does baby hair. What are you talking about, sir? <sighs> anyway, so now that I'm over that just a little bit, uh, <laughs> then we go to the fact that, you know, there, he, he was beat so bad that he had that, that crazy, um, <laughs> I want to say a wet dream because that's his version of a wet dream. And then you go to the fact that he calls Olivia. And that was the saddest moment of the episode for me when he called Olivia and he was trying to get her to realize that he didn't do it. He wasn't guilty and he wanted his friend back. But y'all have not been really good friends to each other. And you've done a lot of dirty to each other. And understanding, yes, some of it was in the name of what had to be done, but a lot of it wasn't. A lot of it was ego and not just from Cyrus's part, but also Olivia's part. Olivia has not been a good friend this season. She has no friends. Even when you saw her dancing in the office with Melly, she wasn't dancing as a friend. She was dancing as the potential, um, what do you call it? Chief of staff of Melly's, the potential, the campaign manager, because she danced for a smooth three shakes of the behind and went across the room and scolded Quinn and, and um, Charlie. She wasn't, she's not a friend to anyone this season. And I hope she does get back to the point of where she is a friend to someone. She's not a friend to Abby. Abby is not a friend to her. I mean, she's just alone. And now we see Cyrus alone. So like their lives are running parallel, but in very different directions. And now that she knows that he is not, or Tom didn't shoot Frankie Vargas, which clears Cyrus, what is Olivia going to do? So we will talk about that when we get back on the next episode of the Scandal Podcast. You know, the show is on hiatus for a couple of weeks, so we are not returning until March 12th for our live episode. But in the meanwhile, you can register for the show so that you are reminded by going to dramaqueenbooks.com backslash live review. Now, I can't wait to see you all in March. 